When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. She's easily one of the most recognizable characters in all of Star Trek, with that eyepiece, that semi-glove, and that very severe bun. But who is Seven of Nine, and what do we really know about her? I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 10 things you never knew about Seven of Nine. Before we get into the video as a whole, I just want to take a second to say thank you so much for your support. Please, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You've helped us seriously grow this channel. We are aiming for 200,000 subscribers by summer of 2022, and you can help us get there just by hitting that subscribe button if you haven't already. So thank you so much again, and let's get to it. Number 10. Susan Gibney was turned down for the part. Susan Gibney is best known to Star Trek fans for one of two roles. Dr. Leah Brahms, one of the original designers of the Enterprise D and complicated love interest of Geordie LaForge, she is also recognisable as Captain Erica Benteen of the USS Lakota from Deep Space Nine. She also auditioned for the part of Captain Janeway, receiving a screen test after Genevieve Bougeau left the role. Though she would lose out on the part to Kate Mulgrew, with Gibney deemed too young to lead a show, she was invited back to audition for the part of Seven. Unfortunately, her youth once again went against her. Though she has only appeared on screen in four episodes of Star Trek to date, her character may yet see a return in Star Trek Picard. She is said to be working at the Daystrom Institute, the workplace of Dr. Agnes Girati. In at least one possible future, LaForge has married Dr. Brahms, so depending on which timeline the show exists in, there's still an outside chance of Gibney returning to the show alongside Jerry Ryan's Seven as well. Number 9. Seven of Nine is a fashion icon. While the various costumes that Seven wears may have caused issues for Jerry Ryan herself, in both terms of comfort and the ability to breathe, there is no denying that they were instantly become iconic. Whether it was the silvery catsuit, the brown catsuit, the blue catsuit, the grey... Well, look, you get the drift. Seven may be the one character in Star Trek who doesn't wear a Starfleet uniform who is more easily recognisable than any other. The design of Seven has carried over into the other entries in the franchise. In fact, Gersha Phillips, costume designer of Star Trek Discovery, had her outfits front and centre when planning the party scene in Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Kayla Detmer is outfitted with form-fitting pants and platformed high heels. Her top, though clearly less body-hugging than anything Jerry Ryan was given to wear, was inspired by the material that was often used to make Seven's clothes. Though the overall result is less catsuit and more inspired by, the design of the character remains as iconic with this later era of Star Trek as it did in the 90s. Number 8. The Borg 
babe. Brannon Braga recalled that after the idea for a Borg crewman sprang into his head, he called Joe Minoski to workshop the idea. Feeling that he was onto something, Braga then called Rick Berman. In Braga's words, it was Berman who said, make it a Borg babe. Executive producer Jerry Taylor is less certain that it was purely Berman's idea. She later said that the idea of a female Borg crewman was an idea that came about quickly, though she credited Braga with the idea. She certainly did agree, however, that the full story behind the character was workshopped by all of them. With the falling ratings for Star Trek Voyager throughout the third season, and the looming departure slash firing of Jennifer Lean, there was room for another female member of the ensemble. There was little mystery as to why she was given such form-hugging outfits, nor why it was Lean who got the chop. Garrett Wang only survived the season 3 cull as he had been voted one of the world's sexiest people that summer. Having received no such lofty honour, Lean was out, Wang got to keep his job, and the search for Seven's performer began. Number 7. Seven of Nine versus Para. The initial casting sheets for Seven of Nine actually referred to the character as Para. This iteration of Seven would have ended up as a very different character from the one that audiences eventually received. Para had been witness to the slaughter of all of her friends and family while located on Kelta Prime. After this event, she claimed that her humanity died. Unable to deal with the torment of losing everyone she had ever known, she found comfort in the collective consciousness of the Borg. This goes away toward explaining some of her reluctance to leave when she is liberated by Captain Janeway. In The Gift, it is explained that she was assimilated as a child, but the circumstances of her assimilation aren't truly explored until Dark Frontier. Annika Hansen, as the character was later renamed, was captured as a young girl when her parents vastly underestimated the collective. Raised as Borg, this would explain her resistance to humanity. While certainly traumatic, it is oddly a less bloody introduction to the Borg for the young girl. So, in a way, this is closer to a happier beginning for her? Number 6. Jerry Ryan and Those Costumes Seven is instantly recognisable in the silvery catsuit that made its debut in the closing scene of The Gift. Despite its iconic status, it only appeared in a further two episodes, Revulsion and Day of Honour. The material that was used to construct it, while designed to be form-fitting, did its job a little too well. Jerry Ryan struggled to breathe in it, especially while sitting, which became a problem in the long shoots in high heels. A new version was constructed, this one a brown colour, though ostensibly the same design. This appeared in The Raven, going through a revision for its debut in Scientific Method. The costume would change several more times throughout the show's fourth to seventh seasons, peppered with returns of the Borg outfit, a Starfleet uniform in two episodes, and several appearances as Annika rather than Seven. Ryan never doubted the reasoning behind the wardrobe. She freely admitted to knowing she was cast for sex appeal, an obvious attempt by the producers to bolster failing ratings. The strategy paid off. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Number five. If Brennan Braga had been in charge, Seven of Nine would have died. Braga had envisioned Seven as a character who would not be long for the franchise. According to him, she would have sacrificed herself in an attempt to get her found family home, dying a hero along the way. The showrunners at the time, Ken Miller and Rick Berman, were having none of it. Though death tends to mean very little on Star Trek, with the notable exception of Jadzia Dax on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they stepped in to ensure that Seven was not killed off. That suited Jerry Ryan perfectly, as it ensured a little more job security, but it also paved the way for many of Voyager's stronger episodes from Season 4 onward. That is not to say, however, that Braga didn't get his wish from time to time. Seven died in Timeless, Relativity, Course Oblivion, sort of, and Endgame. Considering that Braga and Ryan were dating for much of her stint on Star Trek Voyager, one has to wonder what exactly was the psychology behind having one's lover killed frequently on screen? Though perhaps some questions are best left unanswered. Number 4. Seven was the wild child in Bran and Braga's eyes. The emergency medical hologram had started life as the stand-in for Data or Spock character on Star Trek Voyager, Tuvok notwithstanding as the Vulcan on board. However, for Bran and Braga, the character simply wasn't compelling enough to honour a legacy of the strive to become more human. He looked to the true story of Victor of Aveyron, or The Wild Child, that had been depicted on film in 1970 by François Truffaut, which in turn was based on the study by Dr. Jean-Marc Gaspard Dard in 18th century France. Victor was a young boy who had been raised by wolves from a young age discovered again by humans and reintroduced to society. He struggled initially, unable to communicate verbally, never having learned to speak French. However, under the care of Itard, he learned to function around humans again, though it took quite a while. It was from this that Seven sprang, removed from the collective after spending most of her life with them. She needs to learn how to communicate as an individual, while also attempting to understand what it means to be a part of the crew. Both Seven and Victor need time to adjust, though, through the patient tutelage of a mentor, they both flourished. Number three. She was named after Catwoman and Friday's Child. Not for the first time, and certainly not for the last, Star Trek crossed over with a DC Comics property. In this case, Seven of Nine was inspired in part by Catwoman. Judy Newmar, who had appeared in the Adam West Batman television series, also appeared in the original series episode Friday's Child. Here, she played Aline, the heavily pregnant inhabitant of Capella 4. Newmar had also appeared in a short-lived sitcom named My Living Doll. The show, which ran for 25 episodes between 1964 and 1965, focused on Dr. Bob MacDonald and Rhoda, a lifelike android played by Newmar. She had the sub-designation of AF-709. Rhoda was to be a project by Bob in how to make the perfect woman who doesn't talk back. The show was billed as a comedy, though ratings were poor. Bob Cummings, who played MacDonald, asked to be written out halfway through the season, exiting in the 21st episode. Newmar received praise for her comedic timing. In Star Trek, Rhoda is also said to be the inspiration behind the character Data. My Living Doll has also been credited as being responsible for making the phrase does not compute popular in media. Though Seven of Nine is quite far removed from the docile man-pleasing Rhoda, both characters are projects of a sort. Rhoda is MacDonald's pet project, while Seven would become Janeway's. Number two, Ryan versus Mulgrew. It is now well known that Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan did not get along during their first few years together on the show. Both have opened up about their experiences, with Ryan speaking about how unsettled, upset and nauseous it made her, having to deal with the wall of dislike that faced her day by day when filming with Mulgrew. However, 
While Mulgrew's treatment of Ryan was undoubtedly unfair and unprofessional, she was dealing with a complete turnaround of what the show was, in her opinion, supposed to be about. From the beginning, the shadow of Bujol hung over her. The executives from Paramount spent the first few months watching her act, unsure as they were now that Bujol had walked off. In defiance to this, but also to highlight the importance of a strong female lead, Mulgrew was adamant that she would not be their sex symbol to hang the marketing on. In several interviews given during the first year, Mulgrew championed the writing, stating clearly that Janeway was being written and portrayed as a captain first and as a woman second. Then, Seven of Nine appeared. This deeply frustrated Mulgrew, who felt that the character represented everything that she had been railing against in the first three years. And she admitted later that it was wrong to have focused this frustration on Jerry Ryan, with both actors, long since, thankfully, seeming to have buried the hatchet. Number one, she's become a beacon for survivors of cults to rally behind. The Borg are nothing if not a metaphor for cults in society. They draw you in, they take over your mind and body, there is no hope of escape. Resistance is, in fact, futile. Then, along comes Seven of Nine to prove that no, in fact, it most certainly is not. Twitter user Star Spider penned a piece for Vice in which they detailed their path to recovery after escaping a cult. They had spent much of their 20s as a member of, then prisoner too, this group that did all it could to erase their individuality. After escaping, they realised that they were now completely unable to function as an individual. This is reflected in the use of language that Seven uses during her removal from the collective. Throughout the events of Scorpion, she predominantly uses we to identify herself, while from the gift onwards, she starts using the singular I as she regains a measure of individuality. Through years of therapy, they identified with the journey that Seven goes through after her liberation from the collective. First there's anger, then a dubious uh, attempt to endure this individuality, later comes regret before acceptance. In Seven, they were able to see many elements of their own journey, leading them toward, if not total recovery, then at least a place much further along than where they had been when they left. In Star Trek Picard, Seven asks Jean-Luc if he truly feels like he has recovered from his assimilation. He confesses he doesn't. Together, they acknowledge the need to keep on fighting to regain that semblance of self, as fitting a message for anyone to rally behind as there can be. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.